today, Minister Youngblood and I talk about our dependency on miracles in place of just simple discipline. Is church a members only club? Could it be that our lack of discipline causes people to doubt the power and authenticity of God's word? Join the discussion by using the hashtag JDO3 podcast or by emailing me at pastorjohnny at firstmet.org. And now, part three of me, myself, and I, the priest, the preacher, and the pastor. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things. Oh my God. And then sometimes we under-spiritualize things. And so there's this balance that we have to recreate to say, hey, look, yes, there's revelation. Yes, there is spiritual context. Yes, uh, but these are laws and principles that you cannot shuffle around. They're not interchangeable. Yeah, they're not interchangeable. And they're also interdependent of of each other because sometimes we convince ourselves that based upon this one scripture, this is going to happen. And it's like, yeah, but did you read these other five? No, they didn't. Trees, (laughs) there's more value, again, in prophesying and and laying hands than taking your talent and going get more. Because, you know, money's taboo in church. You know, money's money's taboo. And for me, I've held all positions in church, including senior pastor. Only reason why I'm not a pastor is because I just don't have the emotional quality to do it. Because I ain't trying to hit it. That's why I'm in therapy right now. Because I ain't trying to hit it. <laughs> I ain't trying to hit it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I ain't trying to hit it. But what we have placed our treasure in is foolishness. You're more concerned about miracles than you are about legacy. You're more concerned about miracles, gifts, surprises, royalties received, debts paid off, but you ain't taking the steps to make none of that happen either. It's where we have placed priority. The priority in the church right now is to obtain, not build. Yeah. And it's a big difference. There's a lack of discipline. We're easy, we're eager to receive this salvation, but then afterwards, the discipline with being a disciple is lacking. Uh, and so, what would you say to that? Particularly Hold looking on. at ain't, this millennial ain't, ain't it crazy? Ain't it crazy the similarities between the word disciple and discipline? Yeah. How similar they are? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. It's, it's, I, I believe that they are like yeah they're right there they're right there they're in parallel with him because to to be this disciple requires you to pick up your cross daily uh and to follow him and that requires this discipline uh and so with this new group and, and i know that we shouldn't isolate the millennial group because really they they not that much different. I mean, I'm a millennial. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, so how about that? The millennial group is yeah. not much okay. different than any other group. We all come in with our set of uh, habits. We're all living in a world that is changing. We all have things that are clamoring for our uh, attention. We have different type of things that people are addicted to and struggle with. Uh, but at the same token, the gospel needs to be applied. So how do we go about 
teaching this discipline uh, to a this new audience? Well, I'm 33. And you know what I'm more concerned about, I find, in these days? Well, I, I put it like this. Nobody would question the authenticity of the word of God if people actually did it. And I'm not talking about being a holy roller. I'm talking about exhibiting these traits that we preach about. Because I find that I'm more comfortable in the street than I am in church. Because I'm not comfortable in church. Because it's a members-only club, and I don't like being in clubs. Now, I, I, man, I, what? When I was in, man, when we, when I was with Uncle Terry, we was in Greenspoint. I walked right in the Bluebell Apartments. It goes down in Bluebell Apartments. Whatever you're looking for is there. Did that stop me? No, because I know the conditions they are in. I know. But when people don't see that, now let's 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 keep it all the way a buck. There are local men of God doing what they can. There are people doing what they can do. Don't get it twisted. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of guys on the local level that I mean are going broke helping out the people of God, and it happens. But it's not seen. There's no visibility on it. Every time we look to our leaders within the, the community, they're selling us out. And I'm talking about in the church. Oh, a preacher, that ain't true. Oh, yeah, it is. When Donald Trump was president, you saw was around him talking about he the most progressive. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say that. Have you lost your mind? And I don't have a problem with them meeting with him. But if you're going to go in there and face the oppressor, you better have a plan. When Paul had to speak to Agrippa, he knew what he was talking about. But they sell us out. My generation don't see that. I happen to I happen to know people, and I'm blessed to know pastors like Bishop Howard Head. I, I know pastors like Pastor Donald Wright that are doing what they can. I know pastors like Pastor Nicholas Trump. His house be full of the church kids. He coached football. I mean, I know pastors, but at large, people don't see it. And that's the biggest issue with my generation. We didn't see this, man. I, I think what's interesting is, um, I talked about this with Joel as well, is that there is a concern with image, but there seems to be some type of a lack of awareness, of, an awareness of image as well. Uh, for instance, if you do go meet with Donald Trump, that's fine. Go meet with him, but be aware of the imagery of you meeting with him. Be aware of the photo opportunities be aware of the narrative that he's going to play he's going to push about oh. your meeting and then you should be honorable enough to then not just hold out for some blessing i'm not gonna say nothing negative about him because he promised he's gonna send my church five hundred thousand dollars no if no. you when you come out of there be honest about the narrative hey look this guy said some things he made a lot of promises is he gonna keep them i don't know only time will tell, but don't come out and say he's the most progressive. You, no. know, like, you, you got yeah. who was quote unquote America's pastor. This, I gotta stop saying that because I, I get real upset when I think about this stuff. He goes in there, mm. and the next day is a statement released that I'm not a Democrat or a Republican, I'm a Christian. What do you want to know why people ain't coming to the house of God? You, you want to know. Historically, 
You know why my generation don't come to church? Because historically, some of the biggest atrocities in history happen in church. Well, well let, let me tell you this. Let, let, me, let me pause you there. The, the biggest atrocities happen in church. One of the atrocities of that moment was that his statement was so failing in the, in the sense that, fine, you're not a Democrat, you're not a Republican. I'll say the exact same thing. But then to follow that up with by saying, I'm a Christian, and then be in the presence of someone who is doing evil and not to confront or to even say something after you leave that person's presence. We don't compromise with evil. <laughs> there is no compromising. I'm not gonna compromise what, with you, bro. What business does light and darkness have together? No, no. <laughs> when you go in there, you go in these meetings, well, what does the community need? What's the boss? Weez needs, uh, Weez needs some more nice books. Sir, no, this is what we need. And you come out with a plan, but you know why that don't happen? It's because church is a members only club. And the people that really know what the community needs are not in church. Shout out to my guy, Tim Rock, who is not a believer traditionally per se, but he do more work in the community. Shout out to my, shout out to my guy, T-Dot. Shout out to my guy, O'Reilly. These brothers are not in the church, but they're in the community ministering to God's people. Well, let's let's talk about that. You know, uh, yeah, let's do that. I don't know. This might be my first time confessing this in a public forum. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've listened to uh, Farrakhan. <coughs> uh, uh, is, this, is this thing on? <laughs> I love the minister. And whoever don't like it, oh, well, I love the minister. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I've definitely listened to plenty uh, of speeches. Uh, now, doctrine-wise, of course, we on different planets. Uh, but community partnership, I want to talk to you about that because, uh, you know, we've been watching a lot of things. Of course, you just finished Black History Month and looking at how even Martin and Malcolm were drawing closer together. I was looking at something the other day about uh, the Black Panther Party uh, and then uh, Farrakhan even had some comments on that. He was talking about Huey Newton and was saying how, look, he was not us per se, but he was taking all of these different principles from different organizations and leadership models and in, in looking at what these different organizations were doing in the community and was saying, hey, we could do the same thing. So I, wanted, uh, I want you to talk about that community partnership because the church has a fear of crossing the lines uh, when it comes to working with other people who have not confessed Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Is there uh, something that we could be missing by not making these partnerships, particularly as black people? Absolutely. You're telling me your belief system will keep you away from working with your brother or sister who look just like you, have the same needs and understand what's going on, and you won't work with them because of what they believe? You see how stupid it sounds when I say that? It sounds stupid when I just said it. This is where we are because we are, again, it's a members only club. These brothers turn me on. Now, mind you, they still telling me biblical principle. Why is it not biblical principle to go ye therefore and tell all nations? Why is it not biblical principle to feed the poor, to minister to the, to, to the hungry because it's not Jesus? The 5% the nation, the nation of gods and earth, 
who are a derivative of the nation of Islam do more work in the community. They don't bash the nation of Islam. Hey, we used to be a part of them, we not, but we all have a common goal. What's You can't work with a Hebrew Israelite brother because he don't believe what you believe? So you're telling me we've been in this situation for 400 plus years and you are willing to let it stay the way it is because of a belief system. I venture to you, that ain't God. Well, what's interesting is, is we watched about two weeks ago, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. And one of the things that we were looking at was how he, he got to a certain point. He just said, man, we got to cross these lines. Uh, and he wasn't looking about necessarily the lines across faith, but he was looking at, at race and saying, look, all of us are poor. <laughs> we have different neighborhoods that we live in, but our education is still trash. Uh, the accommodations are trash. The, uh, the opportunities are trash. And if we don't pull all of us together, they never gonna listen to us. Right. Now, of course, I mean, they, the they got him killed. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Black Panther Party had an Asian branch. The Black Panther Party had a Hispanic branch. Um, but for us as Black people, I think we need to really deal with us first. Uh, because to me, it's kind of backwards for me to go love the world, but I don't know how to treat the brother who looks just like me. Thank you for joining us on Pastor JDO3, the podcast. I am eager to hear your feedback about today's podcast. Look, email me at pastorjohnny at firstmat.org or connect with me on any of the social medias by simply searching Johnny Ogletree III. You can also find me by looking up the hashtag PastorJDO3. Next week, Minister Youngblood and I take a closer look at the church. If you could give the church a credit score, what would that score be? Why is it that once credit is restored, we immediately want to use the credit that we've gained? I want you every Monday at 7 a.m. to join this community for another podcast that is sure to drive thought and inspire dialogue. I truly look forward to sharing the next podcast with you. I'll see you next week on Pastor JDO3, the podcast.